Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we have a treat today. We're going to become cliterate with Dr. Lori Mintz, who is an award-winning college professor and has written a fabulous book, which we are in love with. It's called Becoming Cliterate. Listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today we have a really special guest. Uh, Adam is not with me, but it's just uh, myself and Dr. Lori Mintz, who is a professor and she teaches the psychology of human sexuality to hundreds of students a year at the University of Florida. And she's had over 20 years of experience working with private clients as well on sexual issues. Dr. Mintz has received numerous professional awards and is a fellow with the American Psychological Association. She's published over 50 research studies, writes a Psychology Today blog, which I read for the record, Dr. Mintz, and has been quoted in many outlets, including Cosmo, Women's Day, Prevention, Women's Health, Men's Health, BuzzFeed, CNN, Oprah. Ah, the list goes on and the Huffington Post. And you can find her at Dr. Laurie Mintz. Dot com and it's spelled the same way I spell my name. Welcome, Dr. Mintz. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, we are so excited to have you. Um, uh, our producer, our intern producer, is just thrilled, too. She follows you, and we're just both thrilled with it. First, we want to ask you, what does this term mean, becoming cliterate? Well, it is a play on the word literate. Of course. And it's, um, I want to say, I didn't coin the term. It's a very clever term, and it was coined by Ian Kerner, who wrote a wonderful book called She Comes First, A Thinking Man's Guide to Pleasuring a Woman. Great book, too, Ian. We love you, too. Yeah, it's it's such a great book. And he was so generous in letting me use the term because, Cliteracy, being cliterate benefits both women and men, and really being coming cliterate means being educated about women's most important sexual organ, which is the clitoris, and elevating it into both cultural and individual consciousness. It means valuing women's sexual pleasure. Absolutely. And I think our listeners do value women's sexual pleasure. So they are thrilled to get the inside scoop on this. Um, Can you tell us just why did you write this book? Why, you know, how did you come across this as such a need for study? Was it your students as you were pulling them and interviewing them and being with them that you realized there was an orgasm gap? Yes, that is exactly how this book came about, is I teach human sexuality, as you mentioned, to hundreds of students a year. And through teaching this class, I became aware of the orgasm gap or the Mm -hmm. fact that 
women are having substantially few or fewer orgasms than men um, when they have partnered sexual encounters. And I started really understanding the reasons for the cultural gap, I mean the orgasm gap, and that these are cultural reasons. So they, they are, it's not because women's orgasms are elusive or difficult, it's because of what we've been taught, a whole bunch of cultural lies about sexuality in general and women's sexuality in specific. And so I started teaching my students, I started teaching to that knowledge, and I would get notes from both women and men, things like, thanks to your class, I'm orgasmic, or thanks mm. to your class, my girlfriend is orgasmic. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to take this knowledge and spread it beyond my classroom and more broadly so that I could help um, the world become clitorate and women and men have sexual pleasure, enhance sexual pleasure. That's fantastic. I, um, our interim producer said that you do studies basically on your students where they have anonymous um, replies using like those clickers that text you uh, and reply to your questions in class. And that's sort of how you get the data, which you then analyze. Is that right? That is right. So all through the class, and it's really so much fun, and it's the student's favorite part of the class, I'll ask them I'll questions. Bet. Yeah, they love it. I love it. I'll ask them questions like based on, you know, whatever topic we're studying, they'll reply and then I'll show them how they re- um, compare to the research. So, mm-hmm. and that, this That's is, neat. Yeah. And such a good early education. Yes. And a lot of the data in the book about the orgasm gap and most importantly about women's most reliable route to orgasm comes from the data in my class as well as other people's data. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the data, how women orgasm, and and tell us what you've learned. So what I have learned is that the vast majority of women, overwhelming majority of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, that most of the nerves that women need to orgasm are on the outside, not the inside. And basically, I mean, there's a lot of research out there basically saying how many women orgasm from intercourse, but my data is different. I ask people, what's your, not do you orgasm from intercourse or not, but what's your most reliable Mm -hmm. route to orgasm? And only across thousands and thousands of students across many years only 4% say penetration thrusting alone. And the rest... Uh, okay, say, wait, 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 wait. you got to say that for my <laughs> audience one more time. Say it again. Say it louder. Loud and clear. Only 4% of right. women say that a thrusting penis alone is their most reliable route to orgasm. Right. And of course, it's because the nerve endings, right, are in the clitoris on the outside, as you said, of the vulva, not the inside of the vagina. It makes so much sense if you're a woman. (laughs) But I think that porn and the culture really um, tells both men and women that it's not that way. What what percentage of women um, orgasm with their partners? And, you know, tell us about that. Right. Well, I, I, if, if it's okay, first, let me just underscore what you just said about porn. 
it 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 basically what you see is the man puts his penis in the woman's vagina with very little warm up and she's instantly having an orgasm and in real life that's not how it works and we've all been fed this lie but instead there are some women i that uh, that orgasm most reliably from clitoral stimulation alone oral sure. sex manual stimulation a vibrator i think about 34% is what i found and then about 43% say their most reliable route is coupling penetration and clitoral stimulation mm-hmm. And there's different ways to do that, um, which I'm happy to get into. Yeah, tell us. Uh, Absolutely. So there's there's the, the sort of way where you get indirect stimulation, where you rub your, your clitoris against your partner's um, penis or um, pelvis. Other body, yeah, pelvis, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as you are having intercourse. And that works for some women, but for some it's just not direct enough. So for those women, you know, having them reach their hand down and stimulate themselves, there is nothing wrong with that, or use a vibrator on themselves during intercourse, or there's even some amazing couple vibrators, wearable vibrators. For example, there's cock rings that go on the penis that have a clitoral vibrator extending to it. So that is one way to get clitoral stimulation during intercourse. But I also want to really emphasize it's really okay not to both come during intercourse. It's really okay to right. have a turn-taking model. Right. And, and that, I, I and think so many men are taught that they've failed if they don't bring her to orgasm through sexual intercourse, which makes them often try to last so long that, that her tissue is actually rubbed raw, you know, and it isn't a pleasant experience for her. And for him, there's so much pressure. Oh, my gosh, I have to stay hard for so long to have her reach um, orgasm. And of course, that's problematic for him too. that kind of pressure. Absolutely. And it it just, and that's why this turn-taking model, I, I think it works so beautifully because you can immerse in your own pleasure, have an orgasm. Your partner can immerse in his own pleasure, have an orgasm, and there's much less like pressure and performance. So, mm-hmm. and it can be, you know, it can be oral sex where she comes and then intercourse where he comes, or it can be enough fooling around where she's aroused enough for penetration. He has an orgasm and then they use the vibrator on her. And either way, that turn-taking model is such a beautiful way for many couples to take the pressure off a man's penis to perform the impossible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the turn-taking, I mean, that's brilliant. It just, um, I, I think that so many couples would be so relieved and would enjoy the experience more if they thought of it that way. Absolutely, absolutely, because along with these, you know, false images of women orgasming during intercourse, then they also orgasm at the same time as their partner. Of course, right. And I'd love to know the stats on that, which are, what, 0.04%? Exactly. <laughs> and it's very hard to be mindful and immersed in your own pleasure when you're trying to, like, should I, you know, time an orgasm. It's It's just antithetical to having an orgasm, which is just fully immersing in your own sensations, in your own pleasure. And I have seen this turn-taking model really, really enhance couples' sex lives. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
and I just highly recommend it. Now, of course, if a woman really loves coupling penetration and clitoral stimulation, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that either, but also really try not to time it like, oh, we have to do it at the same time. It can still be somewhat of a turn-taking model. You can still be immersed in your own pleasure. That's right. That's right. Can you tell us how the gender inequality um, came about? I mean, what are the cultural issues that have affected us, maybe besides porn? Yes. And this has been for a very long time. Sure. An overvaluing of intercourse and a devaluing of clitoral stimulation. And some of it stems back to, um, you know, procreation. Male ejaculation and orgasm are more essential, obviously, or are essential for um, procreation, whereas female orgasm isn't. But that doesn't fully account for the weight with which the female orgasm has been sort of discarded or not valued or not really or mm-hmm. a lot of ignorance surrounding it. And it goes all the way back to Freud, who said that clitoral orgasms were immature and vaginal orgasms were mature. And he went so far as to say that as a woman mature, she'll transfer, because he knew about the importance of the clitoris, that she'll transfer her good feelings from her clitoris to her vagina. And that's just absurd. That's like saying when you grow up, you'll start eating with your nose instead of your mouth. We don't we don't change our biology as we age. Yeah, our anatomy I, doesn't change, it turns out. Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, so he... But I imagine, too, that actually the inequity extended even before Freud, right? Oh, yes. I mean, oh, I, yes. I don't think that... I think that this has been in some um, cultural history, you know, scary for women to become sexual beings and to have power in and of themselves. There's been all kinds of things that have led to this inequity. Absolutely. it's it's. We have a huge, long history of being fearful of ignoring, devaluing women's sexuality and women's sexual pleasure. And we are, you know, this, even if I really love looking at the language we use when we talk about sex, and you really see it there, that you really see that we use the word sex and intercourse as if they were one and the same. Interchangeably, right. Yes. Exactly. Did you have sex? And, you know, I often ask women, um, you know, do you climax during sex? Forgetting that they're going to hear that as do you climax during sexual intercourse. And they stammer and apologize. Uh, uh, well, no, but if he touches me, I do. You know, it's like, exactly. oh, that's it- fantastic. <laughs> you mean you have sex and, he, and you climax. That's great. <laughs> right. And so by equating those words, we're saying that the way men most reliably orgasm is sex and it's not for women. It's and not. It, even those magazines articles, the best position, the best sex position for her orgasm, and they don't even mention the clitoris at all. Right, right. Oh, it's tragic. Okay, let's come right back. Um, I want to know your favorite nickname for the clitoris when we come back. Okay. We are just a few days away from fall. Thank goodness we need that relief here in the South with all our heat and humidity. But I've been so busy between my gardening and getting ready to plant my bulbs that I really just, in my free time, I don't want to cook, which is why I love Daily Harvest. You know, Daily Harvest delivers thoughtfully sourced, chef-crafted food. 
And it's built on fruits and vegetables, which I love and I always need to eat more of. And it can be prepared in less than five minutes. It stays fresh for you in your freezer. You can fill your box with 65 different options. Each daily harvest cup takes one step to prepare and you can add what's best for you, like almond milk to a smoothie. All of it is harvested at peak season for flavor. And the best part is daily harvest single serving cups are the ultimate grab and go meal or snack. So go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code foreplay. Don't forget that to get $25 off your first box. That promo code foreplay for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com, dailyharvest.com. So we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast. We continue to grow. It is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing and trying to help people so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensives. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. So thanks for listening. I'm excited to have a new sponsor. I want to tell you guys about this cool new app, Audible Escape, that has unlimited love stories to help you get in the mood. They've got some sweet and really sexy stuff, too. You know, love stories have that ability to just whisk you away no matter where you are, whether you're driving home from work or running errands or doing chores. All that can just fade into the background when you're listening to the happily ever after. Just lose yourself in the most popular love stories and see if escaping from the everyday with a steamy romance doesn't set you up well for your partner. If you love love, you'll love Audible Escape. Join the community and listen for free for one month and just get lost in unlimited love stories. It's a must try for rom-com fans. Unlimited listening to love stories for just $12.95. So download the app and listen to all these sexy stories and get in the mood with www.audible.com slash foreplay radio. Remember to put the radio after foreplay. www.audible.com slash foreplay radio. And there's a link for it in our show notes. We are here with Dr. Mintz, the author of Becoming Cliterate. Please run out and get that. It is on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Why Orgasm Equality Matters and How to Get It. And Lori, you have are about to tell us your favorite nickname for the clitoris and why. Tell us about that. Well, that is such a fun question. I love talking about that. And I in the book I have a section on linguistic analysis and it talk we talk I talk about, you know, how we use the word sex and intercourse as if they're the same, but I also realized in writing that we have more nicknames for the penis than almost any other organ in the human body. And we have very few nicknames for the clitoris. And in fact, a lot of people are really uncomfortable saying mm-hmm. the word clit or clitoris. So I thought, well, we need a nickname for it to make it more comfortable. <laughs> more familiar, more fun. What's the yeah. nickname? <laughs> well, I have two. Okay. When I started thinking about this, I started thinking we, we call the penis by men's names. Yes. And dick, you know. Um, <laughs> right. You know, um, um, and... Peter. Um, Peter, right, and it gives it like a life unto itself, and mm-hmm. um, so I thought, well, let's find a woman's name, and when I did that, the name Tori 
popular Tory. clitoris. Tory. I love and it. So I, I love the word Tory, but then I started talking to young women and they were like, no, 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 because I know a Tory and I couldn't use that word. <laughs> and so then I came up with the term Cleo, which in Greek means glory and fame. And I thought, well, mm. there we go. Let's call her Cleo. And then love in it. the end, I decided it doesn't really matter what we call her at all. Let's just start talking about her loud and proud. That is wonderful. I, I love that. Cleo or Tori, either of those great names. I, I think, too, you know, it's a way that um, it's an integration of your body, the way that men name themselves and are so playful. And I think that's what you're getting at is women need to integrate, own um, their clitoris with a name or or thinking about it or being able to talk about it. Exactly. Because what is not named doesn't exist or isn't attended to. And and what we don't, what is not existent, not attended to is somehow or another covered in shame and badness, Right. Right. And it goes it goes hand in hand, no pun intended, um, <laughs> about how we call our entire genitals a vagina. Right. And it's By not. Doing, it's that's not. not the, there's only one part that's the vagina. Oh, I'm right. so glad. Okay, talk about that because I hear that all the time. So the vagina is the 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 hole, the, mm-hmm. in the, cavity the canal, where right? Penises go in and babies come out. The rest is called the vulva, and it includes the inner lips and the clitoris and the mons pubis, which is that kind of fatty area above, um, uh, right above the genitals or on the genitals. And those are all of the parts that are just chock full of touch-sensitive nerve endings. And that's touching the vulva is what brings most women to orgasm. But when we call our entire genitals a vagina, we're linguistically erasing the parts of ourselves that give us the most pleasure, and we're naming our entire genitals by the part that gives our partners, our male partners, the most pleasure, not ourselves. That's true. And I, I just kind of like the word linguistic. I just want to linger there for a minute. You know, it's kind of a sexy word, too, like kind of lingus, right? Talking <laughs> yes. to the, the clitoris. Yeah, that's yeah, sexy. Um, okay, can you talk about why it's important for women to really take pleasure into their own hands and explore their bodies and learn what they like so that you know they can learn how to orgasm? Absolutely. The most essential step to orgasming with a partner is masturbation, is taking matters into your own hands. Because unless you know what you like, you won't be able to teach a partner that. And so many times, we know, here's a really another really wonderful statistic. When women pleasure themselves, 99% stimulate themselves externally. Right. Sometimes alone, sometimes coupled with penetration. Yet with, when male, with male partners, they just assume, oh, I don't need that. I'll just orgasm from penetration alone. But no, the essential step is getting the same kind of stimulation alone. So finding that out by yourself, what turns you on, what brings you to orgasm, and then being able to show or tell your partner, that's the essential piece of the puzzle. That's how a woman communicates and becomes orgasmic with her partner, right? Being able to show, being able to talk about it and tell, is that, would you say that's what's needed or or what else might be needed? So there's several things that are needed. Knowing what you like through self-pleasure, 
feeling that you are equally entitled to pleasure oh, as yeah. your partner, being able to be, you know, not up in your head and, oh, do I look okay? Is it taking too long? Have I got the laundry folded? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What that am I making for the return? kids' lunch tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. <And laughs> stop. Stop already. Yes. <laughs> And so, so all of those are ingredients, but it's, to me, the essential ingredients are truly knowing what you like and then being able to communicate that and then fully immerse in your own pleasure and feel entitled to that. I think what you're saying is so important. And what would you say to the partner who says, I am desperate to please her, but she won't tell me what she likes. I don't even think she knows what she likes. I think she's never masturbated. And can you speak to his frustration when he's really a guy who does want her to have equal pleasure and does want her to have orgasm, but it seems to happen by chance versus with intention because she won't talk about it. Right. And I, you know, I talk to so many men like this and, you know, I really, there's been a lot of like male bashing about women's lack of orgasm and I don't buy that at all. I I mean, I, most of the men I talk to desperately want to please their partner. Me I mean, too. It's, yeah, it's so important to them. They may sometimes be misguided from our cultural lies about what that is. Yes. Or in this case you're talking about, their partner may not know or be able to say. So I would say to that person, have a sit-down talk, not in bed, not during sex, just a, I would like to talk to you about something where there's time and space and really own your desire to please her and say, I really love you. I really love having sex with you. I really want you to have pleasure. I really want you to tell me what you need. And if you don't know, like maybe we could figure it out together or maybe we could even go to a sex therapist or read some Imagine. books or you know, read some books together or watch some videos. There's a great site called OMG Yes that talks about this, that shows this. And let's get, I would love us to get comfortable together so that I can bring you to orgasm. I can be part of your orgasm and that so we both can share in this wonderful experience together. And I love that. And again, Lori Mintz's book, Becoming Cliterate. Um, could you Tell us, though, maybe just a little bit before we let you go about the reasons some women have shame about this and are unable to kind of explore their bodies somehow or another, feel like it's bad or wrong and haven't done that work, which is, I think, essential. Right. We I talk on the podcast sometimes about developing the erotic self. This is not something that we grew up knowing we had to do. We thought sex was going to be natural. Right. And if it's not natural, it's not good. But really, there is a tremendous amount of growth, personal growth that needs to happen, I think, especially as women to um, own our sexuality. But what about the woman that really struggles? Can you talk about that? Yes. I mean, and there's so many roots to that. I mean, sometimes there's body shame, not knowing mm -hmm. what other vulvas look like, thinking that something's wrong with yours when vulvas come in all shapes and sizes. A lot of times there's religious or cultural pieces being told that sex is dirty or touching yourself is dirty. You know, so many negative messages. And so whatever is holding that person back to really look at that. And, you know, sometimes the most difficult one is um, religiously instilled beliefs and 
I have a story that I often tell clients that helps with that. I had a client I was working with who was never having orgasms, and I talked to her about her clitoris and how it's the only organ in the human body designed for pleasure. And she went and she read a book. I don't know if this quote was from the book or not, but she came back the next week and she said, if I have an organ in my body that's designed just for pleasure, this must be God's gift for me and I'm going to use it. Woohoo! <laughs> I think I think that that is awesome. That is great. You know, I too have a story, um, a woman who was having sex three days a week with her husband for 12 years, never had an orgasm. And um, they were with a strict kind of religious group. And she... Um, talked about it and you know we I prescribed some exercises and he was all on board he was very much pro orgasm for her but they were both kind of rigid and hung up and about the third week she came in and she said as we were leaving she said what about a vibrator <laughs> I said oh yes you can use a vibrator too <laughs> you know but I hadn't even thought to suggest that because of the rigidity of her background but apparently the vibrator was outside of the sacred texts so that was permissible, um, whereas masturbation was not permissible. What a great story, right? Because a vibrator, you're not touching yourself. The object is touching you. Yes, yes. And, it, and we know that so many women's orgasms come much easier with a vibrator. And back to your question about men, men's endorsement and acceptance and encouragement of a partner's vibrator use is really related to how satisfied a woman can be. Yes. And I, can you say something, you know, men sometimes get anxious about that. You know, what if I'm replaced? What if she doesn't need me? What if she has pleasure all by herself? And then I'm just um, not necessary in bed anymore. I think that can be a real fear or I'm inadequate, right? It goes back to my penis is somehow or another a vibrator and therefore inadequate, uh, you know, but somehow or another they get anxious about replacement or fear of shame for not being enough. Absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to first realizing that your penis isn't the source of her orgasm to ever. start with. Really, so, ever. Ever. I so let that go. And then think about the fact that a vibrator is it doesn't it doesn't laugh, it doesn't say I love you, it doesn't cuddle, it doesn't kiss. It just gives women the intense stimulation and the type of stimulation that they need. I I use the metaphor of if you went swimming with your partner in a pool and you had like a little floaty or raft and you played and you swam and you got off the raft and on the raft and had a great day, you wouldn't go and tell your girlfriend, oh my, I had a wonderful afternoon with my raft and my boyfriend or my husband was there. <laughs> right. And it's, it, the vibrator is just like the raft. It's a tool to enhance the experience. It's not replacing the person. That's that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. We are thrilled to have you. You can find Dr. Mintz at drlaurimintz.com. Please order her book, Becoming Clitorate. It's fantastic. And thank you very much for joining us. It's been really fun. Thank you for having me on. It's been fun. 
You can now call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.